like we, if someone dissed us in some other venue, there'd be somebody who's like, wait a minute, I like Shandy. <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. How are you this morning? I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm same. Okay. Okay. Mm. Episode four. Subpar entertainment. <laughs> I wonder if the Shandies will agree. I found this to be the least entertaining episode thus far. Some meaningful conversations. Mm. Can, can I just add, do you have any idea why it might have been not that entertaining? <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. Do you want to enlighten us all, though? Um, perhaps something was missing. <laughs> Perhaps an ingredient. An ingredient. Like salt. Yeah. In an omelet. Yeah. Perhaps a villain. <laughs> Whose name begins with... Je. <laughs> Je. Okay, so are you circling back around for an I told you so about Jamie? Yes, I am. I mean, I have to admit... It hasn't been the same since he left. Yeah. So, and they're trying to manufacture Chris S into a villain. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's like Batman 17. Like that's the villain in Batman 17. Like we got no villains left. What do we got? Oh, we got Chris S. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty watered down by comparison, but let's not give away our thoughts. No thoughts. We will definitely cover that we in will. depth. <laughs> Shall we get recapping episode let's, four? Let's do it. Let's do it. So before we get going, I have to say, I felt like this episode was really weirdly edited from beginning mm. to end. Mm. It was like it had the B team editing it yeah, or like the interns. It was like Family Guy. We, we watch Family oh, yeah, Guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you, a lot of you guys do. But there's some episodes of Family Guy that are like brilliantly funny. Amazing. And then yes. out of nowhere, once a season, sometimes maybe twice a season, you'll just be like, Who's writing this episode? Yeah. What's going on it's here? It's so unfunny that you're like, it's yeah. someone else. The someone tone else did is this. Off. Yeah. Everything's wrong. Yeah. And I felt that way about this. Yeah. I completely agree. It definitely just felt like the people editing it either had a different tone or they were less experienced. Just, just something was off about or it. Or they were really bored. They're like, I just don't want to do this today. Yeah. <laughs> they were phoning it in. Yeah. Okay. So the episode kicks off with a man chat of the guys discussing what a snake Jamie was mm -hmm. or is. And they agree that Michelle is a strong woman with good judgment. I, I just like to say that snakes, by the way, yeah, they're decent animals. All they're trying to do is get by. Oh, yeah. They're just trying to eat. They just want to eat. They want to live and want to have their, their babies thrive. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, enjoy a nice sunbathing. So you, what you're saying is that snakes don't deserve this. I'm just saying snakes are getting, in this season of Bats Threat, are getting the same rap as like sharks got in the Jaws movies. That's... <laughs> I'm just trying to stand up for the snakes. In defense of snakes, yeah. yes. Jamie still is a snake. Yeah. <laughs> but snakes are also good people. And so now we have a scene where Caitlin talks to Michelle, and they also recap Jamie. Got to squeeze every last drop mm -hmm. out of Jamie. <laughs> for what a snake he is. They certainly love to talk about mm, him. Interesting. Michelle says it's scary that you can feel like you know someone and realize there's a different side to them. Yeah. And she manages to say vulnerable twice in this fairly short conversation. She absolutely loves the word vulnerable. I honestly, it's to the point where I kind of feel like vulnerable should be the word, word watch word for the rest of the season, just because yeah, it's a lot she of work for us. I know it's no, that's the only reason why I don't want to do it. Yeah. She says it so much that I don't want to be bothered. I almost feel like she says vulnerable the way most people say like. Like it's a word you use when you don't have anything to say. <laughs> like or um. Yeah. She replaces like with vulnerable. Yeah. 
So and I was vulnerable riding my bike in the park <laughs> and vulnerable. I saw some really nice uh, scenery and vulnerable. I went uh, for a bite at a vulnerable French restaurant. It's kind of on that level. Mm-hmm. It comes up a lot. But we really like Michelle. Oh, we it's love Michelle. Come on, we can bust your balls a little bit. Okay, so we hear Rick say, I'm really hoping I get that chance to show Michelle a side of me that is much more in depth than what she's seen already. Less sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to show a, a side of me that's much more healthy than what she's seen thus far. Okay, so now Tasha brings the guy as the first date card, which is a one-on-one date because there are two one-on-ones this week. And getting that date is... I forget. (laughs) But I know it was unexpected. Martin. Yeah, Martin. Yeah. Actually, Andy, when this happened, you said, what? I did say that. You did. And Olumide reveals in his ITM that Martin and Jamie were very close and he doesn't trust him. Interesting. Friends of bad people are bad people. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. So Martin has his one-on-one, and in Michelle's voice over heading into this, she says, I do know that Martin and Jamie were very close. Mm. It kind of feels like we're punishing him. Unbelievable. You can't even be associated with Jamie. Yeah, also very close. Can I just say that? Come on. They basically had a week and a half. Of friendship. I'm just saying. So they're at the BMW Performance Center, and here they're going to learn how to slide their cars. Drift? Drift, baby. Drift. The guy said slide. Slide on skid pads. Okay. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's first you slide on skid pad, and then you drift with the skills you learn sliding on drift pads. I don't believe that sliding is ever a term that's used in what that car is doing. I wrote down the quote given by the man and from the BMW he- Performance Center. You're, you're in the right. I'm just saying it is called drifting. <laughs> and of course, they do this in BMW M3s because sponsored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I thought it was just random. They were like, what car do we got on the lot? Oh, BMW, yeah, whatever. So they also race and Michelle wins. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this seems fun, I guess. They, they kiss. And Andy, here you said this is such a boring romance. It is. I was bored. I was mm. bored on this date. Bored. Bored. And you shouldn't be bored when the date is about BMW M3s <laughs> drifting. In her ITM, Michelle says that Martin challenges the way she thinks and he's observant. Mm-hmm. I really like her specificity. So people? specific. Yes. Yeah. Observant. It's a That's an observant thing to notice in someone. Yeah. You can't get away with much with Michelle. No, and, and, I and love the, that. And on the flip side, you can get credit for a lot of things that you deserve. Yeah. Or maybe too much credit sometimes. Sometimes too much credit. In a hot tub, because of course there's a hot tub. Well, of course. <laughs> they toast. Every racing track has a hot tub. <laughs> they toast and he says, in the context of her t- kicking his ass, he says, the entire thing, you did a lot better than I thought you were going to do. <laughs> he asks her how it's all going and she talks about how hard it's been. And of course, naturally, Jamie comes up. Mm. And Martin says he doesn't want to pick sides, but everyone's been talking about what a snake and what a rat Jamie is. And he says, quote, I don't think he's a bad person. I still think he's a hell of a man. And I just have to point out, this is a little weirdly edited. It seemed like hell of a man was put in there or something. We didn't see it coming out of his mouth. The camera Mm -hmm. cut away for that. But nonetheless, cue villain music. Mm. Because how dare you not pile it on? Can can I just point out something here? What? What what Martin did was was proper behavior. Yeah. And 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 everyone should learn from this. How easy would it have been 
to self-serve, to throw Jamie once again. I mean, Jamie's now one of those rats you see in the street where it's like so flat. It's like cartoonish. <laughs> I mean, he's like not even, there's no depth to it. No, it's, it's like at a the point where you're like, was that a rat or was that a bird? Yeah, you don't even know. You step on it, you're like, is that like like hair? Or no, except just... we're not those people. We're like, no. Oh, God. I stepped on a dead rat the other day and, and it, it rolled. I oh. almost fell. I rolled on it like the way you'd roll on like a, like if you stepped on. You didn't tell me about this. This is It was so awful. I didn't want to tell you. I thought I'd ruin your day. Oh. It actually, it was very upsetting. Oh. But that's not the point. My point is, is that Martin took the high road. He basically could have easily won brownie points doing what we said, the yeah. proverbial flattened rat again. Yeah. But instead, he's just like, no, Jamie isn't that bad. Yes. And even if he thought he was bad, he did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> he did the right thing. Well, that's what's funny is I felt like the actual thing Martin did that made me like Martin a bit more, made him a little more human mm -hmm. and objective and yeah. like a critical thinker was the very thing that earned him all this villain music and sort of the right. suggestion that he would go home. Right. Like, I guess I'm on a different planet. I don't, no. I don't speak this language because I would think that, oh, well, you know, yeah, there Sure, he did a shitty thing, but is he a horrible person? No, Probably not. not. Yeah, and I, I appreciated that he did this. Yeah, and again. It would have been way easier. Way easier, mm -hmm. would have won points, but instead risked his time on the show to just be a decent human being yeah. and give a man the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I swear he's a hell of a man. It's one thing to say he's not a bad person. We saw that coming out of his mouth. But hell of a man, I guarantee you that there was the whole conversation felt really weirdly edited. Again, yeah. B team. They probably took that from like the Jay Ellis scene. It's like, oh, Jay Ellis, he's a hell of a man. <laughs> <laughs> and here. So Michelle gets, she kind of bristles and mm. she asks if he feels she made the incorrect decision. And he says, no, that's about her connection with him. Mm -hmm. Also accurate. Yep. And in general, this conversation ends in an unresolved fashion. Mm -hmm. It's left sort of up in the air. Yeah. And we're all thinking, oh, Martin's going home. Yeah. And then the evening rolls around. And of course, more intense coming to a head music is playing mm -hmm. as he pulls out her chair. Mm -hmm. And she confronts him about this. And he admits that he can come off blunt and sometimes condescending. And that's not what he means at all. And he admits he has not always been the best communicator. So she asks about this, about his communicating and where this comes from. And he reveals that growing up, he never had someone he could turn to talk to about his emotions. He doesn't cry at all. And his own father would never cry in front of anyone. Mm -hmm. If it did happen, it was most likely in hiding. And then they talk about showing their emotions and how they came to be able to express themselves. <laughs> he says he's been this way for 28 years. How do I change it all of a sudden? Cue sympathetic music. Mm, yeah. The tide is turning. The tide is turning. Michelle says she was similarly walled off in high school until she went to college and pushed herself and changed and grew and learned to express herself. I wrote, isn't this most people? I'm not, I'm not dissing, yeah, but no. I do think that that's a huge part of going to college is yeah. sort of, I, this happened with me 100%. I feel oh, like I, I became a different person and I became myself yes. in college versus who I was in high school, which is more or less survival mode. Sure. When I look back on high school, I think survival mode. Yeah. And I, and I think, again, these are all poignant yeah phrases totally. but but this is a sleepy conversation yeah, yeah. let's be honest <laughs> there was like three phone trips during this <laughs> i got the point I, I got it i but i was i was no i don't disagree i felt like this is the kind of thing that could have been summed up 
in part of a larger conversation, but it kind of continued to go on and on yeah. about about how they became in touch with their emotions. And yeah. he says there's still hope for him then because she found her way and she says she's still working on it. He says they're on the same journey. Yeah. I mean, we were really it's falling asleep during this. Andy, you said here he's going to squeak through on this date. Well, I think, to be honest, I thought Michelle at one point sort of in the middle towards the end of the Jamie situation was looking for the exits on Martin. Yeah. I really think she was like, okay, I'm done. Let me just gracefully not give him a rose. And and Martin, I'm not going to say that he strategically started talking about his upbringing and why he's the way he is, but I do think that he <laughs> felt the heat. Yeah. And he was like, I better bring this real personal because yeah. I'm about to be booted. Okay. And I think that's where he kind of threw in the family stuff. And then Michelle was like, oh, family. <laughs> and, then, and then she was like, all right, I'll give you another night. Yeah, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I don't know whether it was strategic or not, but... It was it instinctive. Yeah. Is it strategic that if, you know, like a firecracker explodes next to me, I jump? <laughs> no, but. No, that's a good point. I do it. So back at the hotel, we hear Clayton saying, I am very, very much in favor of my name not being on this group date card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like there was probably a simpler way to get that message across. I no, enjoyed this. The point is made. So going on this group date will be Will, Chris S, Casey, Chris G, Leroy, Rodney, Olumide, Brandon, Clayton, Joe, Romeo, and Nate. And Rick seems to be getting that one-on-one date. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Nate, we sort of get the, the foreshadowing of conflict to come. Nate says he knows a one-on-one -on -one date is coming for him. And by the way, I had to point out how he volunteers this. Mm -hmm. And whenever we see someone say something like this unprompted. Foreshadowing. Oh, no. It's uh, my point is it was prompted. Oh, it, it's not like he's just sitting around like, just so you know. Oh, right. right. I know I'm getting a day. No, there's a producer out of frame who's like, so guys, talk about this. Are you uh, upset? Nate, how do you feel? Did you think you were getting the one on one date? card mm. you know that kind of thing and then he's responding to that and of course they only take his response my only point in mentioning yeah, this is yeah. that it's not like nate was so arrogant that he was like by the way everyone i'm not worried right he was told to talk about right he whether was or not up. he was, it was a setup yes yeah. and it worked mm -hmm. because chris always s does. was irked you know who always wins producers yes yep so chris s expresses annoyance at this mm. and in his itm he calls nate cocky <laughs> okay, back on the date. Yeah. They're still talking about their emotions. <laughs> They're talking about their emotions and surrendering to those emotions. And Michelle now presents him with a rose. She says he not only opens up, but he listens. And not only does he listen, but he Im implements with the thing that what he's just listened to into the yeah, conversation. You can cut the sexual tension with a knife here. <laughs> Just saw it in half. Yeah. She gives him a rose for rapidly applying the things he <laughs> listens to into their conversation. That's what I say to a girl before I want to have sex with her. <laughs> so now they enter a planetarium. And Andy, now you were really curious about Martin's spectacles. I'm calling it right now. Those are fashion specs. Which we didn't even know those were a thing until fairly recently. Yeah. Fashion specs. I don't feel good about them. <laughs> No, I don't. Well, that's because you have actual specs. Yeah. Do you feel like people with fashion specs are just posers? Why don't they have like people with fashion crutches too? <laughs> oh my God. 
that. I don't think that should be a thing. You know, respect the bad vision. <laughs> and now while they're kissing, Andy, you thought there was too much tongue on Martin's part. He leads with so much tongue. We're really torn on Martin. I don't think Martin's a bad guy. No, 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 he's not it's a bad guy. It's just that I'm not buying this. Not I feel like my intelligence is being insulted by this entire pairing. Yeah. The whole thing from beginning to end, I'm just like, mm. No. Uh, Michelle in her ITM says, I think when I look up in the sky, I'm going to be thinking of Martin now. I that call is bullshit. an amazing thing to think about when you look up in the sky. <laughs> of all the things you could think about. So I brought this up to say it is n- more likely than not that a producer specifically asked her, given the planetarium setting, when you look up at the sky, who do you think you'll be thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> No, seriously. No, you're absolutely. I'm not. I, this that. is verbatim what I think she was. I asked. respect Michelle too much to think that she could have possibly said, "When I look up at the sky, I'm going to think of Martin." Well, yeah, and having been in an ITM room many, many times, I know that they will ask this. Yeah. So if you go on a group date that involves big, giant balls, and you're going to get all these ball jokes fed to you that you have to, you always. I've mentioned this before about yeah. ITMs, but this was on my blog, so maybe any newcomers. ITM stands for in the moment, and that's what those confessional videos you see. And the big rule of ITMs is you must respond to the questions in present tense and in full sentences. So if someone were to ask you, when you look up in the sky, who do you think you'll be thinking of? When I look up in the sky, I'm going to be thinking of Martin. It's so funny. It's almost like an interrogation room where like, you know, (laughs) eventually the guy's been starved and like there's loud music and he's like, all right, I killed the guy. I don't care. Just let me out of here. It's almost like, all right, all right. When I look up in the sky, I see Martin. Can I please have a drink (laughs) and some food? Just let me get the hell out of here. That was a bit of a tangent. But my point is, I don't buy this for a second. Mm -hmm. No. And... ITMs are uh, effective. How about this? I'm going to go, I'm going to say hello tushies for all our (laughs) listeners if Martin makes top four. Oh, I don't know if you should promise that. I am not going to give you all hello tushies, (laughs) but I'm saying it facetiously because he's not making top four. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message and a very, very good deal. I just have to get that out of the way first. This is an amazing deal. I cannot stress enough. This deal is nuts. This is a crazy deal. They're crazy at Postmates. They're crazy. (laughs) So Postmates is a delivery service. You can get just about anything delivered to your door. Anytime. At any time. And this applies to food from your favorite restaurant, by the way, worth mentioning that that restaurant might not be on other delivery services. Correct. That's what makes Postmates different. Correct. Is that they don't need to be on the... Mm, <laughs> the <laughs> or the... Mm, <laughs> or the... Mm. <laughs> yeah, you can get whatever you want delivered to your door and at any time. <laughs> Toiletries. Toiletries. Uh, ice cream. Paper towels. Your favorite dish from the restaurant that doesn't deliver... That's huge. It's a big deal. Now let's get to the really big deal. Yes. The deal. The actual deal. (laughs) Yes. Which is. Which is. (laughs) For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners, the Shandies, a little something. New customers will get 50%. That's five zero. 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more when you use the code Shandy. Let's think about that for a second. Let's do the math. Okay. So let's say. At the minimum, <laughs> you'd have exactly $50 orders, yeah. five of them. That's yeah. $250. You are saving $125 on stuff. You were going to buy anyway. You were going to buy anyway. Yes. But now let's say that maybe you have some big orders. <laughs> and let's say it's $100. Yeah. 
That's $500. You are now saving $250 on stuff you were going to get anyway. It's an unbelievable deal. So that's code Shandy to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. Max savings of $100 per order. Per order. (laughs) $100 per order. (laughs) Savings. Okay. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It is super easy. Offer is subject to change in taxes and fees apply. Offer expires 30 days after you add the code to your account. Moving on, the next day, the men going on this group date are given gift bags and inside them are pajamas. Mm-hmm. Or in Chris S.'s case, tidy whities And apparently everyone finds tidy whities to be hysterically funny. It's, what's so funny about tidy whities is like for a hundred years, tidy whities were that's, that's what you wore. That's what men wore as underwear. Yeah. And then like I would say like 30 years ago, boxers kind of came and in. And boxer that boxer briefs, briefs really yes. took over. Yeah. And now suddenly tidy whities are hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they're, they do what they're supposed to do. I do not wear tidy whities. I, I, I retired. All right, hold on. <laughs> I retired tidy whities, I would say around late 80, like 89. So question, did you retire tidy whities because of the reaction you got from people or because no. they were actually not that comfortable? No, I retired tidy whities because a boxer brief is a superior <laughs> undergarment. Well, anyway, whatever. The anyway. point is, is that it's not that funny that yeah. he's wearing tidy whities, but they apparently get an enormous amount of joy out of it. <laughs> and now we learn that this group date is a slumber party. Mm. And the guys now quickly start broing out. And oh, yeah. playing games with each other. It's nice. My favorite was when they want to play a game and they're like, oh, no, Michelle, you can't play this. <laughs> they were like punch each other's abs. That's right. And with all seriousness, they weren't joking oh, around. No, they were like, no, Michelle. OK, so Michelle is rightfully annoyed by yeah. this. And she said, when I was in their position, I did everything in my power to make sure a moment was created. Love how this is worded. Mm-hmm. And I think she has the right to be upset. And this moment reminded me a bit of Claire's season It was totally differently done and Claire responded to it very differently. But I think that a lot of the guys in this position tend to feel like if they're not if they're not being summoned, if it's not Mm. like, okay, your turn, they're just they're kind of just waiting. That's a good point. You know, they're like twiddling their thumbs until their cue. Yeah. And. To me, it just it struck me as really immature. Well, what I was thinking is the whole time this was happening, like. I thought of you. Like, if I had just met you, this would be like, what? How far are they in real time into the meeting of Michelle? I mean, it's week four, so they're probably... Two weeks? ...just entering their third week of doing this. And and by the way, a week is more like five days, four to five days in this world. So So in my third week of entering my third week, having met you... Yeah. Like, I would drop everything. When you meet someone you really want to spend the rest of your life with, you're going out of your way... Within reason, you don't want to seem like a psycho, but you're going out of your way to get every second you can with that person. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of that while this was happening, because in, in, in any other circumstance, like let's say they were all like, whatever, she's a some girl they all maybe want to bone, like some random girl. <laughs> like I wouldn't, that would be totally normal. I'd be like, yeah, let's go have some bro time, whatever. Yeah. It's totally cool. But if this is really a woman that they want to spend the rest of their lives with, the fact that no one is going over there to just chat or even just make a joke or just any interaction yeah. is a little suspect to me. Yeah, it wasn't a great look. It also felt like, I don't know, Casey was on this date and he's 36, so I don't want to malign men for their age. Mm. But I do feel like, 
I'm going to go there again. Uh I know we go there a lot in the other parts of this podcast, but I do feel like men don't take initiative anymore. Yeah. And I hate to bring it back to online dating yet again, but if you have all these options at your fingertips, women you know are single and looking and who have already swiped right on you, there's no risk. Mm -hmm. Why would you ever go out of your way to approach someone where you're not even sure it's totally reciprocated? And that's why I especially have a a bad taste in my mouth about people like Joe and Nate or whomever on this date who Mm -hmm. made her feel this way. And... I really, really, really want to know specifically which guys made an effort and which ones didn't, because later on, Chris, yes, later on, Chris S says that a handful of guys did make a point of talking to her and we know Nate was not one of them. I'd be very curious to know if Joe was Mm. anyway. I bet all the guys who were really trailing were the ones who made an effort. That's my guess. If I had to guess. Oh, that's also disconcerting. Right. It's all disconcerting. Yeah. It's all disconcerting. Yes. Yeah, I this is the kind of thing that really grinds my gears. Like while yeah. I was watching it and you could just see her becoming more and more deflated and you could see her trying to keep it together. She did not have an episode no. on Claire's season. Claire had a full blown episode about it. And and I'm not criticizing the way she handled that. It's just that Michelle handled this really well. Yeah. And I would like to think that a guy who is pursuing her and sees a future with her could read between the lines and sort of spot that. I just want to add one thing. I think I think it's easy for some some people are going to look at that and be like, oh, grow up, deal with it. Who cares? Give them some time on their own. Stop being so needy. They have all the time no, on their own. They're all I they're know. doing all day is growing out to be. A hundred percent. And that's why you have to put yourself in her shoes fully to understand how annoying this would yeah. be. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to as well. I was at first. I was like, oh. and I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, this would be super. Oh, annoying. so at first, did you think she was overreacting? Yeah, and then I was like, wait a minute. Put yourself in her shoes fully. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is really annoying and sad. Yeah, it kind of felt like she had to justify her feelings around this mm-hmm. because she was like, well, I gave this poem last week where I talked about how. I have not felt seen. I always felt different from everyone else. Romance didn't happen for me until later in life, and. I, I, yes, that piles it on. And I absolutely think that that's a, it's great that she revealed that, but I don't think she should have had to no. given the point of this show is for her to be romanced. Of course. Anyway, I just was bothered by this. And, I, and something else about this scene solidified a feeling I've been having since this ep- season started. Yeah. Which is that I, there's like a mother son dynamic with Michelle and the cast. Like I feel this weird, like, it doesn't feel sexual. It feels like she's their mother. Well, and this I'm often a hard time happens. This happens with Bachelorette seasons often. I know, but in past seasons, the all the many seasons that I have yeah, watched, yeah. I felt less of it. I know what you mean. They're they're put in that position where they're almost forced to be like the house mother, yeah. to some degree. But this feels more than usual. I'm I'm really feeling. Do you think it's a, like, that's a reflection of her or them? It's a reflection of both of both. Interesting. But not her Because I don't think she's doing she's anything not, wrong. I think she's being great. Well, she's just being a strong and authoritative no, no, no. woman. And she's it feels doing, like they're all like. She's not doing anything wrong. She's yeah. being forced to be in this position. Yeah. To like deal with altercations, to deal with poor behavior, yes. deal with immature behavior. She's she's being forced to do this. Mm-hmm. 
And it's it's a little weird. Like I'm finding it very very unsexual. I personally think this often happens with bachelorette seasons and I've never liked it. Like there was a scene on Hannah Brown's season. And by the way, she was younger than most of the guys there. She was only yeah. 24 or so when she was bachelorette. But she was like scolding them, do this, like stay yeah. in your lane. And I again, I'm not criticizing how she handled it. I think that they have no choice. Right. Because these guys are all just like la 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 la, la. like they they're there for the friendships, it would seem. Yeah. At times. And it's a, it's a real turnoff. It's interesting because I'll just make a comment about the sexes. Like on bachelorettes, wait, sorry, on bachelor seasons, yeah. you don't have that dynamic because the man is expected to have a certain decorum. You know, he can't be disciplining a bunch of women and it just gets really fucked up yeah. and weird. Yeah. So I think the man is forced into this position of sort of like passivity. Yeah. Like he's like, you're behaving like an animal, but I'm not going to really fully call yeah. you out on it. Mm-hmm. So you get, you still maintain that sexual tension because he's forced into this sort of passive role. Yeah. But with Michelle, with a, with a woman lead, she kind of is allowed to be more just by like, societal, yeah, you yes. know, just the way life is. Yeah. She's allowed to crack that whip more. Mm-hmm. And so then you start getting that weird dynamic. Yeah. And I'm feeling it's strong. Like there's, I mean, maybe Joe still, there's still some spark there for me, but I'm feeling like a lot of weirdness in this season. Yeah. Well, in this episode, it really kind of turned things around did, in a yeah. way that we were not into, no, honestly. Not into it. And Andy, actually, here is where you said this is a really shitty episode so far. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> and Michelle says, I didn't prepare myself to not feel seen. I can only imagine, like, I mm-hmm. I really felt for her throughout this episode as an Enneagram 4, for anyone mm-hmm. who follows the nice. Enneagram stuff, we did an episode on this. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing if that to some people, and to me, that's, I, yeah. I relate to this. Oh, yeah. And I would feel very bothered by this, by feeling like someone wasn't reading between the lines, wasn't seeing my face expression, wasn't yeah. sort of, like, looking for me. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I mean, I'm with you. I think most people would feel that way. So now we have a teddy bear takedown and Clayton beats Joe. Leroy beats Rodney. Will beats Nate. Casey Will, beats can Chris. Can we talk about how good Will is at physical challenges? <laughs> the man knows how to fight. I'm telling you right now that if this was in the street, Peter would have two black eyes and a busted jaw. <laughs> Casey beats Chris S. Chris G beats Romeo and Olumide beats Brandon. But Brandon really puts on a good show. Here. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brandon was outweighed and outmuscled by a factor of two. Yeah. And the winning team is Clayton, Olumide, Leroy, Romeo, Casey, and Nate. Mm-hmm. And they win evening time with Michelle. Woo-hoo. And now we get this middle section before the evening where Michelle chats with Caitlin. And Caitlin rightly says that she, you know, probably the men were tiptoeing around each other's feelings. You know, they're friends with each other. You don't want to be the guy that sticks a wrench in the friendship to go and talk to her. Um, And so Caitlin asks why this, you know, why she's reacting as strongly as she is. And and this is where Michelle shares the thing about the poem. She says that in this situation, not being seen was the one thing she thought she would not have to worry about. I don't know. I've said all I can say about this. It's just this, this really bugged me. I felt for Michelle so strongly throughout all this, but I did want to point out an editing thing. Mm. It's suggested that she's talking to Caitlin the whole time, but note that Caitlin is wearing gray sweats. And when you see Michelle really sort of break down and get really upset, the person she's talking to, you can hardly see, but the person is wearing black leggings. Wow. And so I just wanted to point that out, that I think Michelle is actually confiding in a producer with whom she feels really close, but sort of Caitlin's brought in as the sort of 
you know, the, the conversation that can be used, basically. Uh, interchangeable. Yeah. Whatever. So now it's the evening and Michelle arrives and I love how she handles this. She mm-hmm. doesn't sort of sweep it under the rug. Yeah. She immediately tells them that she didn't want to change the vibe and she will always be transparent with them. And she says she doesn't need grand gestures or gifts, but acknowledgement would be nice. Mm-hmm. And Olamide is moved to tears by this conversation. Yeah. And so Nate now has one-on-one time. Andy, you said very telling that she singled him out first. Mm-hmm. Very. She expresses it wasn't only him who didn't pull her aside, but it hurt her more specifically because of the feelings she's already developed for him. And he says he sees her and his actions aren't showing it, but he, quote, is 100% willing to make that more known, unquote. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of half delivered here. This is pretty... I think less than yeah, half. It was, feeble. it was pretty feeble. I'm a big Nate fan in general. Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know. I come at this from like a woman dating, I guess, like I, as a woman who has dated. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't think he stepped up enough here. No, 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 he didn't. He didn't. It was, as I said, a half, it was feeble. It was a, it was, it was the least amount possible. Yes. I found his reaction too casual. I don't know if he seemed to understand the gravity exactly. of it. Exactly. He did not. You yeah. could tell, but he was kind of half smiling too. He, he yeah. was not. When he apologized, he was smiling. And I know a lot of people laugh or smile to diffuse tension. And yeah. so I'm not holding that against him. But even just, I am 100% willing to make that more known. Yeah, yeah. I, this is, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Nate is showing his confidence, He's showing cockiness. his age. His age and his cockiness in his situation. To me, it's age. It's mostly age. Age. He's 27 years old. He's showing he's 27 years old right it's now. It's true. He's not able to handle this situation If he were 10 years older, he would not respond to this this I way. I completely agree. That said, yeah. <laughs> if I was in Michelle's position and I had 27 men vying for me, yeah. I guess they would be women, um... <laughs> I would single out the person I was most into mm-hmm. for that first conversation. 100%. Yeah, but Joe what didn't win. Joe went home. I just have to point that out. Huh? I'm just oh. saying Joe wasn't there for this part. That's so. a good point. Yeah, it's just between Nate and Joe. We That's all know that. That's a good point. But yeah. between in this group, she yeah. clearly was like, the guy that I'm most upset about is the guy I'm calling first. Yeah. Okay. Romeo has one-on-one time. He says that it was painful to hear this. Clayton says he admits he's been playing it safe. And Olumide now. This, I, you have not seen me cry this hard. I mean, you were bawling. I was, yeah. Full, like, waterworks. Full. Yeah. I don't know. Something about seeing Olumide cry about this was really moving. So he says that she reminds him of his sisters and he's seen his sisters grow up feeling isolated and not loved. Mm -hmm. And as the male figure in his sister's life, he's worked hard to make them feel beautiful and tried to preach that the right guy will come. Mm -hmm. And he says he hears her and, and feels what she's going through. She says his showing emotion helps her show emotion, which is something that doesn't come easily for her. And I wrote, oh, my God, this is a powerful conversation. And grown men cry. Yeah. And grown like men. I mean, Olamide is Is all men. Yes. Yes. He really is all men. And I just was so moved. I was moved to tears by his being moved to tears. Yeah. He was he was being extremely real and pinpointing exactly what she needed to hear. Yes. What I got about Olumide here is he understood what she was saying. Yeah. Yes, it was about race. It was also about just being a woman feeling feeling like you weren't 
recognized. It's it was, it's all together. It's all interwoven. Well, when I, when he was crying, what she was talking to the group, I was kind of like, like, what's going on here? Like, I, okay, I, it's a little emotional, but really? And then when he brought up that personal story, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, yes. Yeah. Four sisters. You knew that this was something he dealt with every day. Yes. Just the way he handled this and the way it clearly resonated with him. I don't know. Like, no one compared. No, I agree. So, surprising nobody. Uh, she gives Olumide the group day rose. And Michelle says she's proud of herself for speaking her piece and not putting on a veneer, which is something she has always done. And I have to talk about now how insanely well Michelle handled this entire thing. Mm-hmm. She could have thrown a temper tantrum. Yep. She could have been like, I'm the bachelorette. You know, pay attention to me. And she made it very clear she went to painstaking lengths to be sure to be like, this isn't about me just wanting attention. The games are all just a vehicle for this. Michelle is a full-blown adult. She is. And the amount of reflection, she's like, well, I think it it made me feel this way because of this. And I did just share this poem. Like she's she covers all the bases always. And uh, I'm just such a fan. I am such a fan of hers. Okay. Me too. (laughs) Okay, we can move on, but I was just super impressed. Okay, so Rick now has his one-on-one date, and they take a gondola ride through the mountains and then walk and hike through the trees Mm. for the forest. It's always nice. Mm -hmm. It's a nice time. They find a wish box and read each other's wishes, and they find one that says, quote, I wish my dad could see the man I've become. Mm. Now, I think there's a 99.9% chance that a producer wrote this and put it in there. Knowing Rick's backstory. Yeah, somewhere between 99.9 and 99.999. Yes. But nonetheless, it works. Mm-hmm. And Rick reveals his father passed away three years ago. And it was really hard seeing his dad depressed and unable to help. And then they sit down and he says it's really easy with Michelle. And it has never been easy for him before in relationships. She says she likes who he is. And they make out. <laughs> uh, uh, they... <laughs> Make out. They make out. Yeah. I don't want to sound cold hearted about this. You know what this felt like? It felt like an old school bachelor or bachelorette date where it's like, we have a story that we need to get out of this guy and Mm -hmm. everything is going to serve the purpose of him revealing his story. Right. It reminded me of Andy Dorfman's season. She had a date with Dylan where they like crossed this bridge where there was a lake that he had gone fishing at where, and it's, you know, I I forget, I should remember this, but I think it was this. His sister, Mm. I think, had passed away and he used to go to that lake with his family. It was something like really sick. The whole thing was clearly concocted Mm -hmm. for him to reveal his story. And I guess I would have liked for this to have been revealed in a more organic way because it felt a little contrived for me. When you go to Applebee's, you don't expect nuance. You expect a lot of salt. You're right. I'm barking up the wrong, wrong tree. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Not sponsored ever. (laughs) We're so excited that Dear Shandy is now sponsored by BetterHelp because we're very passionate here at Dear Shandy about mental health. BetterHelp is pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. They matchmake you yes. with licensed therapists. Yes. And the, the questionnaire is really pinpoints what your situation is and what you need. Matchmake is really the perfect way of putting it. It is sort of like a yeah. taste making thing or a, like a dating a, app. almost like a dating yeah. app, but to find your perfect therapist. Mm-hmm. And I can say based on my own personal experience that Finding a therapist is more daunting than you would think, actually. 
Like if you're just left to your own devices and Google, it's pretty scary. Like there's just a lot of websites and a lot of options and it's very quickly overwhelming. So I love how they streamline it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Also, if you don't feel like your therapist is a match, they make it very easy for you to find someone else. Yeah. It takes all the friction out of traditional therapy. Mm -hmm. And I cannot stress this enough because I really... Based on my own personal experience, I think therapy is only as good as the match you feel with your therapist. And often in real world therapy, you kind of sometimes just settle. You're like, you know, maybe your therapist is not perfect, but you're like, you know what? I don't want to go through this again. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with this and see how it goes. Yes. And then by the time you're like, oh no, this isn't working anymore. You have a personal relationship with this yeah. person. You almost have to break up with them. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult. It's more awkward than people talk about, I think, honestly. Oh, yeah. I felt that in my own personal experience. And so, yeah, I love how it's just so much more accessible. It's also, you can do it in the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. Financial aid is available. Yep. And yeah, we're big fans. Checks all the boxes. So join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for the Dear Shandy listeners, our Shandies. Get 10% off your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com slash shandy. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Shandy. So it's the evening now and Rick starts to reveal more about his family life, his Mm -hmm. dad. And he says that his dad was a good dad, but not always a good husband. Mm. And Michelle, I love how she words this in response. She says, I want to know as much as you're willing to tell me. Mm -hmm. That's a great line. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that for everything. It's great. Yeah, it's I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask for directions, be like, how do you, do you know how to get, I want you to only tell me the things you're comfortable telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know where gas, I need to get gas, my God. Only when you're comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, you want to be a good listener, but you also don't want to pry. Right. And this manages to say both of those things. Right, right. So Rick reveals now that when he was younger, he found texts in his dad's phone between his dad and another woman. That's a real modern situation. Right? That's rough. Then he told his mother, and this ultimately led to his parents' separation, and he blamed himself for years for doing this. And his dad later fell into a depression, ultimately passed, and until his dying day, according to Rick, blamed Rick for blowing that whistle. Oh, I believe him. That's yeah, you rough. believe. I hope that he. I mean, because you can see Rick blames himself, so it's hard to know whether or not the father also blamed him, or if he was sort of projecting that. No, I think that the father did blame him, even if he didn't like. Stay, yeah, but that's tell not him. cool because he was the one committing the crime. Oh, I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. Okay. But but what what Rick did was in his mind as a 17 year old, he thought that airing this would probably resolve it. Mm. I think that's what he probably thought. He's like, I'm going to tell her because this is really important and I want this to not happen again. Well, the bottom line is no child, no matter what age, should be put in this position. No, it's an impossible position. Yes. You have to sell your parent down the river who did something terrible to your other parent and also sell your other parent down the river by not telling them something that the, the other person did to hurt them. No one... For not a, let alone a 17 year old, no 40 year old child yeah. should be put in this yes, situation ever. This actually reminded me of the that show with uh, was the mayor of East Town, the mayor of East Town. Yeah, remember that kid? I don't want to spoil it. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't. Spoil Do you know it. who I'm, you know, what I'm talking about though? 100%. Okay, for anyone who saw the mayor of East Town, you know what this yeah, is reminding you know what we're talking me of. About. <laughs> and 
it's 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 fucked up. No it's, no child should be in the, it put in this position with their parents. And then to have it unresolved in death is uh, even worse because worst. a lot of times there's like you know like a parent and a sibling. Uh, sorry, a parent and a child have like a not a great relationship and it's unresolved at death. And that's kind of like this you know this like you always like oh I should have yeah made it it haunts made, you. But this is a specific accusation. Yeah. You did this. To yeah. Oh, that is this was not light. Um, he now whispers. Thank you to Michelle. He does the rest in a whisper. And he thanks her for making it easier for him that day. And now we're about to make fun. There's a switch yeah. of tone here. Yeah, but little, we got a transition. We're transitioning, <laughs> transitioning and... Making fun. Humorous. Go. He says, I can't rule out the fact that I could be falling in love with you. <laughs> I can't rule out the fact that I may have taken a dump on your bathroom carpet. Can't rule out the fact. It's a hilarious statement. It's ridiculous. It's the first, it's like, I could say that to the postman. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean anything. It, he's not saying anything with Nothing. this sentence. He also says, I'm looking forward to that moment where I can say I'm in love with you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that moment when I can say it was not me who desecrated your bathroom. <laughs> it reminds me of that line from the Royal Tenenbaums. I cannot begin to think about knowing how to answer that question. <laughs> There's so many qualifiers that you lose track of even what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> we knew what he meant, but this got me. It was pretty funny. Yeah. That's and the furthest. It's so far from saying I love you yes. that it's less than just saying that I don't think I love you. It, I genuinely think it'd be, it's worse than saying nothing. Yeah. If you're like, I don't think I love you yet, but I really like you. It's That's kind of, more I love you than what he said. It's kind of like cashing in on the credit for using the L word, but not using it in the way it's right. intended. But the, yeah, exactly. The problem is he's commoditizing the I love you. Yes, he's he basically saying, is. Th that's why I'm, I'm making the joke. It's like, he's saying like something like, I'm not ready to you know, sell my car to you at this price. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a something. It's yeah. not an actual emotion. It's no. like a thing. He's no. making it like a thing. In or fact, like, he's admitting he's not in love with her. Right. I don't think I'm ready to get behind the controls of a plane. I only have a hundred hours of flying practice. Yeah. It's like, it's not a lot an emotion. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing that you get to. That's just a thing. Yeah. We agree on this. I wonder if anyone else noticed I this. I hope everyone noticed this. I hope this. they did. This got me because I feel like the music was all like, nah, 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 yeah. and it was like, yeah. oh, this moment, he just revealed <laughs> his, his sad story. She's moved and now they're going to kiss. That's amazing. And it's like, I look forward to the moment where I can tell you I'm in love with you. It's like, what, so hmm. what, would it, what would have been a great response from Michelle was sort of be like, so you love me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. I like Rick, but this this deserved to be mocked. Well, Rick is is I think for the most part comic relief of a high. He's he's a he's high accidental ranking, comic relief. He's not meaning to be comic. I don't relief. think the producers the, for for whatever reason the producers decided to not make him the clown. But I think he is. It's the because clown. of his backstory that he's it's not. It's because the, of his backstory. Yeah. Right, right. You can't make that's not but funny. But he's also not funny. What about Rick is funny? Other than his opening his yeah, but limo all exit. All the clowns are accidentally funny. You don't want a guy <laughs> who's like a stand up comedian being the clown. That's, that's not good, funny. That's a good point. Yeah. How often are the clowns on this show in on being clowns? You're right. Yeah. They can't know that they're the clown. They have to think they're cool. 
Rick thinks he's cool, but he's actually the clown. But the problem is he's a front runner and he's got a backstory that's very sad. Can't make him the clown. So he doesn't get the clown edit, but you get clown moments that are unintentional. <laughs> they slip through. They slip through. Okay, so they kiss. And Andy, all you could think about while they were kissing was the salmon left untouched in front of them. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen a more beautiful piece of salmon? It was a lovely piece of salmon. Hopefully someone got to eat it. <sighs> Maybe a handler. Can we have a moment of silence for that that salmon? Okay. Okay. So Michelle, while presenting him with this one-on-one rose, says it was one of her favorite days. And she can be her complete self with him. And she feels he's done everything he could to make her feel seen. And she gives him the rose, obviously. And they leave dinner and head to a... Is this a concert they're a going concert, to? A concert, yes. But is not it just, a private one? Oh, it's a private concert. Is it with Andy Millis? <laughs> Millis. That's the best I could do. I know his first name's Andy. <laughs> Good job. Millis, is that even a name? I don't know. It's just a combination. I just love that you're proud of yourself for remembering that his name was Andy. I thought that his last name started with an M, so I just went with... Tillis. I think I was thinking of Tillis and I just put an M in I think you were still thinking of Jay Ellis from last week. Ellis. Thank you. (laughs) That's where it came from. Okay. So no, it is Andy Grammer. Okay. I I, I think that um, this is a a decent get for them. Andy Grammer. uh, Had you heard of Andy Grammer? No, I'm just just talking (laughs) shit. I just have a feeling that Andy Grammer is like kind of known a little bit. So I don't want to be made a fool so of again. Needless to say, we don't know who Andy Grammer is. But we apparently, all the people that we don't know, all the famous people, people come at us for not knowing who they are. That's true. Well, every person who's sort of famous has fans. Right? That's true. So there's someone's going to be pissed off. Oh, that's so true. What a good yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, like we, if someone dissed us in some other venue, there'd be somebody who's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I like Shandy. <laughs> <laughs> I want that person to exist. So I, good on you people who get mad yeah. at us for not knowing who these people are. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the support. Uh, oh, Michelle is sure to use Andy Grammer's name in her voiceover and reveal that he, he has a hit new single. Yeah, she had it the, <laughs> the extra humiliation of having to say, oh, we loved listening to Andy Grammer's hit new single, whatever it was. <laughs> so now we're at the Rose Ceremony cocktail party. Unlike the other episodes, this could not come quickly enough. No. Michelle arrives and Chris S. Now it's his time to shine. Oh, dear. Things get interesting. Mm. So Chris S. immediately, before Michelle can even give her toast, launches into a speech about how some guys feel they have it in the bag. Chris S. here is like a drowning man. Yeah. He's just, he's like, you see the bubbles coming up and it's like in the movie, you're like, oh, he's probably dead. Yeah. And then he sees a piece of driftwood in the middle of the ocean. Oh, it's a random piece of driftwood. He seized this opportunity. He heard that Michelle was upset and he was like, that's my thing. That's my life raft. It is. It was the proverbial driftwood he grabbed onto and nothing more. (laughs) He did not give one single shit about this situation. He just wanted to stay on this show. Shame on you, Chris S., (laughs) but bravo also. (laughs) My favorite was Michelle's reaction to this because all the guys are like, at his speech and Michelle's like, thank you, Chris, for speaking up. Yeah, yeah. She's like, thank you for making me never want to have sex with you, but also defending me. So now in this moment, Brandon tries to take Michelle, but Chris S is like, hey, no, I'm talking to her. Oh, dear. Things are a little tense. Uh, He's not afraid to play this role. 
And now Chris S. in his one-on-one time tells Michelle that Nate has shown arrogance Mm. and said that he already knows a one-on-one is coming for him. It's not a matter of if, but when. Mm, He did him dirty. But our favorite part about this entire one-on-one time was when Chris S. goes in for this kiss. Yeah, you may not have noticed this, but I did. (laughs) He thought a kiss was coming. He thought he was going to get his dessert for this sweet and terrible decision. And he did not. No, he did not. What he got was a hug. No, yeah, he gets a hug. Just a hug. A hug. You saw him. He was. He got that face. He's like. <laughs> he's like. He's like. He's like. And. <laughs> oh. Yes, I knew a hug was coming. He's no grocery Joe. He no. can't. He can't just sit around. No, no, just pursed. waiting, like like a tulip waiting to be pollinated <laughs> by the by the bumblebee. So Chris S returns, and Nate immediately says. That was weird. Mm-hmm. I do like this about Nate. I like that he just he's, addresses things and good. not in a really, he's just, it's in a matter of fact way. It's not like I'm rolling up my sleeves and threatening you kind it, of way. It's in the way that a six foot eight man addresses things. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, and then Chris says that only five guys made an effort to talk to her while the others were sitting on stuffed animals. Interesting that I the producers to... did not let us see any of those interactions. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have added up that Michelle was as upset, I guess, if we had seen it happen. But what is notable is that it didn't happen with the guys that she cares about. Correct. So, Nate. Nope. Nate. We know Nate didn't do (laughs) it. The only thing I need to know is whether or not Joe did something. Yeah. Because if he did do something... Changes the picture a little bit. Oh, then he drops down my top four list. Mm -hmm. But if he didn't do something, he's still sitting pretty. So, Nate now has his one-on-one time, and Michelle... Tells him immediately that Chris S. brought up his name. He I love the did. way Nate like takes it cool. Like like his whole body is boiling. So yeah, yeah. it went from like like 80 degrees to like 212. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. She says she wasn't sure how she felt about that. So I'm torn on this because I don't really think there's anything wrong with being confident to the point where you think you're getting a date. I agree. If in a matter of weeks you're supposed to wind up engaged, you want the kind of confidence yeah. Like, it's one thing to be like, I know I'm winning. It's another thing to be like, I know I'm getting a date. And can I just He got add, the first impression rose. Of course he should be getting a date. Can I just add that the things that guys will say behind women's backs, sometimes women they actually care about, in the whole spectrum of those comments, <laughs> yeah. saying like, I think I have the, group, the, the one-on-one date in the bag, yeah. that's the worst one you can yeah. say? Give me a break. Yeah. I don't think Michelle's in the right about this. When she's, well, you know, she's not like she came at him, but she was like, I don't know how I feel about that. For the very same reason that she was as upset as she was about him not coming and talking to her, that same reason is why he should expect a one-on-one date. Right. So now we have what I consider my flashpoint. We didn't discuss this, but we'll see if you agree with me. I'm, I'm going to have my flashpoint hammer ready. Okay. It may drop. It may not. Because <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Michelle here says, one, I'm not this massive prize at the end of this. Two, I shouldn't have to light a fire under someone's ass to want to be with me. No. <laughs> Not flashpoint worthy. The, the main one for me is that she's not this prize at the end of this because, of course, the entire show is built in this way where you think that there's some prize. But I love how the prize herself is like, I'm not a prize. This is nothing is in the bag. But she is a prize. Oh, okay. That was cute, actually. She is a prize, though. I, I do agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so no flashpoint. Then we're just moving no, on. I'm not giving you that, no. Okay. You have to respect the flashpoint. 
that wasn't quite it. Didn't quite hit the What hurdle. the hell was your flashpoint? There, we don't have a flashpoint every episode. I've chosen to not. Oh, my flashpoint was Olamide. Okay. Talking which, which, about his sisters. Yeah. That's my flashpoint. <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> okay, we can have different flashpoints. We just didn't have a flashpoint this episode, and it's okay. <laughs> okay. Let's just move on. All right. Okay, no, no hammer this time. No, sorry. All right. Not giving it to you. So now Nate leaves his one-on-one time and comes for Chris S. quite promptly. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love about the... Oh, are you going to say what I said? I, I was oh, about to say sorry, what you ahead. said, but you can say it. Just say it. So, uh, so, okay. I think it's funnier coming from you Well, anyway. it's funny because when you say um, I said something, like I'm that person who said it. <laughs> yes. So even though it's a day, like it's a different day, yeah. I still feel that way yeah so say it express yourself psychological we're just products of our own brain i often feel that way about this podcast sometimes when i watch back when i'm editing and something is said i'm like oh i really hope like like this is how i'm feeling i hope i say that thing and then i end up saying it i'm myself it's amazing it's cool it is cool so say the thing that you then said but now want to say on your own so I find it very funny, but you're not allowed to ha- lay a hand on anybody in production, obviously. And you would never want to, but she would be committing a felony in front of 10 million people. Yeah. So it's just yeah. funny when someone gets really pissed off. They're like, come on, again, let's have a fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's very anticlimactic. Not like I want to see a fight necessarily, no. but it is anticlimactic from a sense of like all this testosterone yeah. and anger it's, all culminating in this yeah. talk. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk? Oh, I'll talk. Oh, yeah? I wanted to talk first. Oh, yeah, watch this talk. I'm going to talk your ass down. Oh, it's so true. Okay, so Chris S. claims that Michelle probed him, specifically wanting names, which is not true. No, not that. Kind. Not true. Um, I don't think she asked for names. She didn't ask for anything. <laughs> She's a drowning man. He and reached for driftwood. The best part of this whole exchange is when Chris S has the gall to say, "Don't worry about me. Worry about you." Oh. Nate's reaction is fantastic. This he's so frustrated. It would be frustrating. Oh God! I, I mean, so deeply annoying. Chris S. In his ITM says, I came out on my white horse and I saved her from the castle she's been stuck in. So he's now, he is just playing this up. I mean, this is, he's, this is not coming from a real place. No. I won't, I'm giving him more credit than that. Yeah, I'm 100% sure that Chris S. realized that, you know, they're they're three weeks into this thing. It's episode four. He realized that this was not going the way he needed it to in order to get what he needed to get out of coming there. Airtime, followers, all the things. Mm-hmm. He's a commodities broker. He understands investing. He understood that his investment was going into the shitter. Yeah. And he needed to either double down or diversify. Yeah. He realized he could no longer be a romantic lead. She wasn't giving him the time of day. He was going home any day now. And he's like, well, the only way to get airtime now is to be bad. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm going to be bad. I'm going to be cartoonishly antagonistic. Yeah. Like the, where he's like telling Olomide he's going to wink at him after getting his rose. It's just, where did this come from? Who it's, is this person? It's all calculated. And yes. it's a good calculated risk because even if he got sent home, which we don't know 
if that happens yet, as we're still in the middle of the recap. But even if he did get sent home, it still would have been worth it. Yeah. Because he would have, his stock would have risen in whatever, you know, social media he currency had, is. Remember, he's the one who didn't have one-on-one time until last week. He's gotten, the, the, he's gotten less attention than James did in Katie's season. Way less. Yeah. Way less. He's gotten no time. And I think he went into this thinking, I'm going to make it pretty far. Yeah. I'm going to at least get enough followers to be a shoe in for Paradise. And I'm going to... I think, it. I think Chris S. legitimately thought that he was probably going to win. You know, what's funny is when, with his intro video, I always felt, I said this in week one, I was like, he he's too much of Bachelor stock. Mm-hmm. Like even his goofiness feels calculated. Yeah, it's agreed. like, oh, ha ha, I'm wearing floaties when I go swimming. No, he's got the textbook down. Yeah. yeah. And to the point where he's, I mean, this is like Ryan level planning. He just doesn't deliver on camera, nor with Michelle. He doesn't deliver in the show. He just delivered in his 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 video to audition for the show. Yeah. He doesn't have the goods. He doesn't. Isn't that funny? No, no one. You never look at Chris and you're like, I want more Chris. Isn't that so interesting? He's yeah. not actually that charismatic. Even when no. he was playing up the villain stuff. He's not. He was no Jamie. You know what he is? He's a bit of a dweeb. <laughs> So, yeah, Nate calls him a dweeb many times in this episode. I haven't heard that word in so long. Is that even an insult anymore? First of all, have some respect for dweeb. I cannot define exactly what a dweeb is, but when I see a dweeb, I'm like, that's a dweeb. There's only one word for them. And I thank Nate for bringing (laughs) this word back into the fold. There was nothing else you could call Chris in this situation except a dweeb. It was the perfect moniker. (laughs) I... Don't know if that's is what it a really insulting word. Is dweeb an eighties like? I think I that's an old. old no, I remember dweeb. It's like calling someone a nerd. No, uh, yeah, but a nerd has the connotation like you're like you know you like books and like yeah, you okay, know science yeah, but, fiction but what movies, I'm saying which is not. Like, this is totally great. It's from the same era. Yeah, but dweeb is not as as um, maligning to you know someone who likes Good intellectual <laughs> or interesting like nerdy pursuits. Yeah. That's cool. Now being a nerd is cool. Okay, and I wish being a nerd was always cool. Oh, I'm jealous of these yeah. kids now who are growing up in a place where it's cool to be a nerd. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, being a nerd meant some getting ass whooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's cool, and it should always be cool. Yeah. Nerds are the best. Yeah, nerds also run and the geeks, world. They geeks. also can be the worst. Yeah, you know who's a nerd? Jeff Bezos, total nerd. Oh, the worst. The worst kind. Yeah. Also a dweeb. But anyway, my point is, is that dweeb is a perfect moniker for someone who encompasses all the things. A douche, an asshole, a dork. Dork's also good, by the way. (laughs) It's a good one. Um, But it's not as effective as dweeb. But dweeb is almost like it's more diminutive. It's like you don't even deserve dork. You're below dork. You're like a little dork. Like if Dork had a baby with another Dork, you're a dweeb. It's like the offspring of Dork. It's a beautiful word. I applaud Nate for bringing it back. I can't help but think there's going to be someone out there that says dweeb is really offensive. And how dare we support Nate for using it. That would have been amazing. I mean, it's totally possible. I feel like half the time we offend people, I'm just like, that? That's the thing? Okay. I challenge you, Shandies. (laughs) Find me a reason why dweeb is offensive. I actually, out of pure intellectual curiosity, would like to know. It's possible that just calling anyone a name is offensive. Okay, well, that's just, come on. That's the next level. Yeah. Chris is a dweeb. 
it's clear what he's doing and it's too clear. It's too transparent. It's not Jamie-ish in that there's no nuance. There's, you can't really, you, you, it's not like, ooh, what happens next? I want to see where this goes. With him, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, you got your rose. Yeah, you got it last because of course. And yeah, you'll last probably one more week, maybe two if you really keep bringing the drama. But oh, give us something new. God, I'm bored. Total dweeb. Oh, this episode. Don't you wish that you had a good villain now? (laughs) Okay. So Joe has his one-on-one time. Mm -hmm. This is our palate cleanser. Yeah. He brings her snacks. And we have to discuss this now. This is She says she's never had those. But the bowl she gestures towards appears to be a bowl. Appears to be a bowl of M M&M and M peanuts. Or peanut M Ms. It's okay. <laughs> same same thing. Um, but seriously, how I have what kind to assume of it's something monster else. is she? It has to be something else. It cannot be those. It looked very much like peanut M Ms. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what else. It might I mean, have been. maybe it was almond M Ms. Which is. It, but in which case, how do you know just by glancing at them that they're almond M Ms? Well, they're big. They're bigger than peanut M&M's. An almond is significantly larger than a peanut. But I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that what happened was, is she has had peanut M&M's, but these were almond M&M's, which are clearly, we couldn't see from the angle, but clearly if they're right in your face, you're like, that's a very big peanut M&M. And I've never had an M&M that big, which is totally fine. (laughs) If you haven't had almond M&M's, there's nothing, I mean, that's totally understandable. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to assume because otherwise this is going to really tarnish my image of her show. <laughs> I mean, she had only had cannolis twice. You know what? I, I'll let her. I'll okay, let her. I'm sorry. A cannoli is not a peanut M&M. This woman is... is, is <laughs> Maybe make, she just doesn't have she a sweet She is setting tooth. a bad example for women and desserts. <laughs> women love desserts <laughs> of all kinds. I think that's offensive. Is it? Probably. Somehow. She has no respect for dessert. I think she doesn't have a sweet tooth. Maybe in a future recap, we'll bring on peanut and almond M&Ms and get to the bottom of this. Okay. So he pulls out a blanket, they cuddle, and they kiss. They do. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Rodney has one-on-one time. They do their secret handshake. Brandon has his. They make out. Mm. And Olomide and Chris sort of go out of here. Olomide asks, do you think you're getting a roast tonight? And Chris S. says, why would you assume I'm not? <laughs> oh, I don't he know. He really, he can't. He doesn't miss an opportunity, does he? No. I got to say, I always believe in the where there's smoke, there's fire mm-hmm. adage. Mm-hmm. And all the guys are siding with Nate. I don't know if I've ever seen a situation where there's been such unanimous disgust yes. with a cast member. Yeah. The okay. fact that none of the other guys were like, yeah, Nate does seem really cocky. He you, does seem to have think he has it in the bag. The fact that not a single no other one. guy said that means that Chris is just And flailing. even Brandon, who seems like the nicest, sweetest guy. Yeah. He like clearly sectioned off Brandon. He's like, Brandon, come over for a second. What do you think about this? And he's like, you're a dweeb. <laughs> it's like, oh, that didn't work. Okay. So now it's our rose ceremony. And Olumide in a voiceover says, Chris S is a rat. A snake, a crocodile, and every reptile out there. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't know if that's... <laughs> that doesn't really add up, but we know what he means. Yeah, I think a rat is a, is a mammal last time I checked. But, but that's not the point. The point is, is that 
I think that he's giving reptiles a bad name. Yeah. I like reptiles because reptiles, as I mentioned, discussing snakes earlier, are uh, delightful creatures. And they're also the last sort of semblance of dinosaurs that we have to look at. They're really cool to watch. They're so cool. And the tiny little lizards that move so fast. So Chris S. is not as good as reptiles. No, he's (laughs) a dweeb. A dweeb is right below. It goes birds, reptiles, amphibians, dweebs. Okay. So Michelle arrives and I have to point out this speech because it was so weirdly edited. And I know I keep talking about Mm -hmm. editing in this episode, but this episode was just, like I said, B-team. She says, this past week mm, reminded me that there are going to be times that something doesn't feel good. Mm, The information that I received tonight wasn't necessarily easy to hear, but mm, I do feel like I was able to have the conversations that I needed to have and hoping to just move forward. This past week reminded me that there are going to be times where something doesn't feel good. The information that I received tonight wasn't necessarily easy to hear, but I do feel like I was able to have the conversations that I needed to have and hoping to just move forward. That audio is clearly taken from a different spot. It is. 100%. Yeah, there's just distinct volume difference. It's like... One is she's speaking to a group of people on the other side of a large room and the other one she's talking to someone who's right in front of her. And it just makes you wonder what she did say. Yeah, how lame was what she actually <laughs> said? How lame was her actual speech? Yeah. Okay, so going home. It's a big cut. Going home is Chris G, Romeo, Andy. Romeo, we keep hearing Romeo is your doppelganger. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. And Will. Uh, ah, this was, this was uncool. This was not right. Why will? Why How? Why will? Why? <laughs> we were sad about this. But Andy, why? you said that was a fucking massacre. Will? Will? <laughs> we were sad to see Will go. He was so great last week. But but there were other people who should have gone instead of Will. Yeah, like Casey. Casey? I mean, Leroy is my man. Like, I like re- Leroy. Yeah, but we haven't seen any Leroy. Come on. How yeah. is Leroy sticking around and, and Will is gone? Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Come on. There was like three or four guys who could have gone instead of Will. Yeah. What were the producers thinking? What happened to Will? Did something happen with Will? <laughs> I want to know. She just didn't see it. I, I sense a will spiracy going on. <laughs> Chris S. now says, I knew she was going to call my name the whole time. I just have to point out, how is this different than Nate saying he knows he's getting a one-on-one? It's, it's, I mean, are you suggesting there's hypocrisy? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And now Michelle reveals that they are traveling to Minneapolis. (laughs) (laughs) And you, the winners, are going to get a fully paid trip to (laughs) Minneapolis. Okay, Uh, the reason this is momentous is not exactly the location, although it is relevant. While you're in Minneapolis, (laughs) you can enjoy all the things that Minneapolis has to offer, like cold weather (laughs) and stuff that I don't know about and a restaurant that you have to drive a long way to. That's okay. It's not bad. It's okay. And while you're there, you can think about how close you are to Canada, (laughs) a place that would probably be more fun to go to if we were giving away a prize. But 
You're going to Minneapolis. Okay, so we've no. never been to Minneapolis. No. I'm sure it's a lovely place. I'm totally joking. Yeah. Minneapolis is probably as good a city okay. as there is in the re- <laughs> I, I'm just saying that it's not exactly, it's not in like like Fodor's top 20 bucket list. You know, it's, it's, it's build up, it's build up, a lot of build up yeah, for Minneapolis. Yeah, but, but they are traveling. Yeah. That, that's the, yeah. They're, they're traveling. traveling. That's deal. the thing. Yes. They are traveling mm-hmm. to a place. They're traveling and to a place. And that is not, that's not it's a thing a that's been day. done recently. Yep. Not yep. for the last couple a, of years. It's a big, big deal. Yes. yes. Okay, Andy, that brings us to the end of episode four. Mm-hmm. Our word watch, whopping zero manipulates. Not even close. Not even close. Not even a derivative of manipulate. Yeah, I thought. No usage. Yeah, I thought around Chris S. there might be something. He was trying yeah. to manipulate the situation, which he kind of was, but. However. No one said it. However, we did have 197 correct guesses. Wow. So you guys knew. You knew there would be no manipulates. Yeah. And congratulations to the happy winner of a Hello Tushy Bidet, Caitlin M. Gilman. Congratulations. Yay. Be sure to email us by this Friday at midnight Eastern time to claim your prize. And Andy, we have exciting news. Oh, we do. Because for next week's Word Watch, we have a new prize. A new prize. Yeah. Yeah. We will be giving away a Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Plus other goodies mm-hmm. from Manscaped. Some good goodies. Yeah, some good goodies. And what were... Manscaped-related goodies. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like a variety pack. It's, it's related to the, yes. to the 4.0 yes. lawnmower. And this could, by the way, be re-gifted for Christmas. Re-gifted? Well, I'm it's saying clearly, that... I mean, what if like 95% women watching this? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're giving it as a gift. We're doing this because the holiday season is coming up. Yeah. And we've also run out you, of... We're giving you a Christmas present <laughs> to give to someone. <laughs> yes, we are giving you... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, or you can use it yourself. But that being said, the word for this new prize is seen. Ooh, that would have come up a lot this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. And by seen, you mean S-E-E-N. S-E-E-N, not S-C-E-N-E. Nice yeah. try. Yeah. Not that, that would come up. Seen. Because Michelle talked so much about being seen. Yes. You are, and Nate said you are seen. <laughs> yes. So seen. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Seen. In case you are new around here, you can guess how many times you think the word seen, spelled S-E-E-N, will be used in next week's episode, episode five. And you can submit your guess using the numeral of the number of times you think it will be uttered, either below this YouTube video or on the Instagram post for this episode. And if you guess correctly, you will automatically be entered in a draw. And we will randomly select a name and that person will win a Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 along with other goodies from Manscaped. Yes. Yes. And I vouch for the Manscaped 4.0. It is a fantastic trimmer and I've said enough about it. And if you would like the Hello Tushy to come back, which we will, we will have more Hello Tushies to give away. But if you would like the Hello Tushy to come back or you would like a variety of giveaways, let us know. People want a variety. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't want to speak for no. you, but I'm pretty sure you want a variety. Okay. We can give you a variety or we can slowly but surely bankrupt the Hello Tushy company. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you must submit your guess by this Friday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Do not email us. Do mm. not DM us. Do not write the word, the written word of the number of times. No. Do not write two. Just put a two. <laughs> yes. Okay. Moving on. 
And Andy, it's now time for our predictions. Who do you have in your top spot? Nate. Oh, you still have Nate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not thrown off. Not wavering. Nope. There's okay. there are some things that he he took some shots. Yeah. But he's good. Not thrown off by the fact that he didn't seek her out on that date. I'm going Nate. Okay, okay, okay. I have Joe. The silent assassin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love how understated Joe is. I am choosing to believe. Oh, wait. I was choosing to believe that Joe did approach her on that date, but I realized that I shouldn't because then she shouldn't be that upset. So he did not approach her, which means uh, he's also Nate-ish. I'm, oh, I got you now. Yeah. I did you keep you up with me second. there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But my point is I still have Joe in my top spot. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going strong. Nate's getting all the attention, but I'm holding out for Joe. Okay. Okay. Who's in your second spot? Joe. Okay. For the sole reason that I believe that Joe takes himself out of the game. Uh, I just feel like it's it's so convoluted to always consider that. But okay. I mean, it's a possibility with anyone. You can judge my decision making all you want, but I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Okay. I have Nate in my second spot. No explanation necessary. Who do you have in your third spot? Still Brandon. I also have Brandon in my third spot. And who do you have in your fourth spot? Because last week you had Will. To replace the dearly departed Will. Yes. Which I'm very upset about. Yes. And I stand by that my pick for Will in fourth was a good pick. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I will swallow, I will, well, swallow my sword. Oh, I definitely <laughs> don't want to do that. But I will sit on my sword. Wait. Sit. I will. <laughs> It's, it's getting it's getting long in the tooth, this recap. <laughs> I will fall on my sword and say that I picked wrong, but I picked right with Will. Oh. Michelle screwed up. Okay. But Are my, you questioning her judgment? I'm questioning her judgment. <laughs> okay. Or production's judgment. I don't know what happened to Will. I know. Did Will do something illegal Without on Without Peter to fight with, he wasn't valuable enough. You're right. Sad. He had no foil. He had no foil. He He's... needed Peter. <laughs> wow, so ironic. Such a twist of fate. Yeah. Anyway. Will's gone. I'm throwing Seasick Rick. Seasick <laughs> Rick. Sick Rick. No, Seasick Rick is good. I like that. Seasick Rick. Food poisoning. Rick. This food, it's, food poisoning is, doesn't go well with the word Rick. So I'm going to go. <laughs> I also have Rick in my fourth spot. Mm-hmm. I think that even though I don't see it, I'm actually just not convinced by anything other than Nate and Joe. Yeah, I think this whole season is sort of a dance around trying to make it not obvious that it's either Nate or Joe. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all a dance. It's all a dance, an intricate dance. Yeah. It is going to be Nate or Joe. I think so. It's hard to, I mean, maybe Brandon, but even, I, no, it's not. I don't buy it. I Nate don't or buy Joe. It. Yeah. Okay, so we both have Rick in there more just just because. We need a fourth spot. We need a fourth spot. Yeah. It's not that I don't like Rick. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah. I predict, though, that Rick will be the first to say he loves her. Or after saying he possibly, doesn't love her. <laughs> possibly, maybe, could have been, would, should be, maybe falling conceivably, <laughs> yeah. theoretically in love with her. Exactly. Okay. All right. 
If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we're going to ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends, leave us Apple podcast ratings and reviews. That one's really big. <laughs> and generally do all the things. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> the, yeah, these. No so. bad. No, <laughs> yeah. We're not saying leave any iTunes <laughs> review. Just, you know. And generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast that you enjoy and listen to mm-hmm. and consume and anticipate. And on that note, that's a wrap for this recap. We will see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye.